Lights alive. How do we know she is alive? I hate when people talk during the movie. No wire hangers ever! You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Your stupid mimes. Stupid, stupid! Fresh meat. Welcome, one and all, to the Bad Taste Buds Fresh Meat, the cinema roundup show where we get to disappear into our own little alternate reality every now and again and dress up as our own little waifu princess pop stars. I quite like it. I mean, I've known it for a while, but I, I had to look up the definition for this episode, but I don't really <laughs> understand it. It seems like it's just like a, a girlfriend. Is it, is specifically, is it a gendered term? Or can anyone be a waifu? Could I be a waifu? I don't know. <laughs> See? These are the important questions. Well, I'm asking the important questions. It's not the culture I'm particularly entrenched in. I know. It's a term for fictional character people, usually anime. So I can't be a waifu? I mean, are you a real boy? I'm a, I'm a real boy. Um, yeah, so I'm your host, Liam. Uh, my you avatar is going to be a kung fu triceratops. I uh, just decided that. I thought I was trying to like encapsulate the things that I love the most <laughs> in my life, and it's kung fu movies and dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Specifically yeah. triceratops, I try. Try triceratopses. Trikies. Yeah, that'll do. Trikey dikes. That'll do. But that's uh, that's, that's something entirely. That's something entirely different. <laughs> and joining me today, my partner in crime. How would you? How would you self-identify in the world of you? Oh. What would your avatar be? Bearing in mind, you have to I'd, reflect part of your personality, and you can't just be a giant walking cigarette. <laughs> I'd want to be the butterfly. Nobody <laughs> ever suspects the butterfly. <laughs> Let's be honest, I'm going to be some, like, Sorry, oh, missing you link You caught me off guard there with the butterfly joke. I'm just going to be hairy, big footage. What's the, um... Neanderthal. What's the one from, uh, that, that Leica film, Missing Link? What was it? Mr. Link? <laughs> you just be, you just be Mr. Link. I'm glad that took significant brain power for you. I, I forgot about that movie until right now. That's yeah. a great movie. Uh, but we're going to talk about another great animated film today. Today we're talking about Belle, B-E-L-L-E, -L -L -E, specifically with the E on the end, because they, that's, a, that's a point of contention in the film. Um, it's, a, it's a fascinating, I, I'm just, I'm determined at every opportunity, every sentence in my script, I see another tangent. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna take that case I like hit the mic. Every every sentence in my script, I see the possibility for a tangent. <laughs> it's almost as if I can see the string oh. theory universe is branching off, and I'm like, oh, I wanna go on that one. I wanna go on that one. I will get through the Much script. Much to my dismay. You made me a really strong coffee right before this, so I'm blaming part of it on that. It's a fascinating little film uh, from quite a fascinating studio as well. So th this one's from a uh, studio called Studio Chitsu. Now I want to preface that this director's worked with quite a few different studios. I know Chitsu, um, well, they were founded 11 years ago. Sounds right, like um, a dog breed. It, it is a Chitsu, isn't it? Shih tzu. It's not quite a Chitsu, not quite an animation studio. Chitsu. <laughs> Shih tzu. The studio of Chitsus. Uh, they I've did Wolf only Children. I've seen a couple. I know, like, Wolf Children, there's The Boy and the Beast and yeah. Mirai. And yeah. I've seen Girl Left Through Time so here, and yeah. Summer Wars. Well, here's where we get into a bit of disparaging. So, so that was Chitsu, the one who did Bell and did uh, Wolf Children. And uh, I can't remember the other ones he said. Uh, but actually, <laughs> um, Girl Left Through Time. Not Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Girl Who Left Through Time is actually through Madhouse Studios, which is a uh, an offshoot of a studio. This is where it gets really confusing. It's an offshoot of a studio called Toei Animation, who were actually responsible for a lot of the high-profile anime that made it over to the West, like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, oh, uh, Digimon, yeah. uh, Sailor Moon. And weirdly enough, this director, whose name I'm, I'm going to try my best not to butcher, Mamoru Hosoda, 
Got it. This guy's career has been really interesting. So he actually got his big break doing, um, I want to say there was a One Piece movie he got his big break doing. It was either One Piece or Digimon. Digimon was the first one. Right. Okay. okay, so he got his big break doing that. But he also then kind of followed that up um, with a string of uh, animation jobs at uh, Ghibli. So he worked under Miyazaki for a while. He was kind of a protege for a little bit of time. Uh, under the Ghibli brands, uh, and was actually touted to direct Howl's Moving Castle, which personal favorite of yourself? It is. Uh, we're we're massive I guess Ghibli he fans. Didn't in the end, then. I mean, you know, he didn't. You've seen you've I seen have. you've seen Howl's Moving Castle. Obviously. It is the most Miyazaki movie that has ever Miyazaki. <laughs> In, what gave it away? The, the machines, the characters? Uh, the airplanes. Crawl. There's lots of airplanes. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we love Miyazaki. We love that. I mean, that's kind of my only real avenue as far as my knowledge of anime kind of is limited to Ghibli because I never really classify Ghibli as... Uh, with a lot of the conventions, and I think I've had this kind of very narrow-minded, one-dimensional perception of anime for the longest time. I mean, there are some tropes that I get why you hate them, like to save on money. TV studios especially will do still scenes where characters don't move and it's just exposition over the top. You saw how much I hated. Was it Attack on Titan where every episode was just the same? I'm going to oh, put this, I'm yeah. Putting, Dragon Ball Z is actually the worst offender for this. I'm putting it out there. I don't even like... I, I think with Attack on Titan, the prestige that that show carried for so long and so many people were like, best show ever. Um, I, I fully couldn't get through like half of the first season because it was just the same fucking episode showing it like different angles. They do that. I remember it's fucking watching, infuriating. I was going through Dragon Ball Z episodes and I used to keep thinking that I was on the wrong episode because most of the next episode is a recap of the last yeah, one. It's bullshit. Or they'll just expand on the scene that was in the last one for an extra like 20 minutes. I mean, that's why I tend to stay away from anime, but I often feel like I do. I've pinned myself into this box of, you, you just don't like anime. And, and then I actually end up liking most of the films. I'm a completely different studio, even from Ghibli. I mean, I've liked pretty much all of the Ghibli apart from maybe Tales from Earthsea which is just kind of a big hot mess. Um, <laughs> but the studio that did uh, the last two really big ones was Your Name and Weathering With You. Which yeah, we both, both excellent. Both excellent movies, and I actually don't know the name of the studio. I'm blanking. Uh, but that's an entirely different animation studio altogether. I think they were the first ones where I got you to branch out away from... It was your, your Name was what did it, and I, it made me cry. It made me... I, I cried a lot of tears for that film, and I still think it's one of my all-time favorite anime films. Anime, just animation in general. Yeah, it's got to be up there. Um, all-time. But yeah, this guy's worked under quite a few different studios and the one that he's produced bell under is actually chitsu whereas the one he produced summer wars and girl who left through time was madhouse so i wonder what <laughs> happened said the girl with the dragon tattoo girl with the dragon tattoo copying your example um but yeah i often think i i wonder why he's gone back to the studio that he did his first few films with to do this i wonder whether there's a i, mean, I don't know i mean maybe maybe the studios are letting him because i feel like this is immensely creative like immensely we are going to get into what we thought about the film very shortly this is a creative powerhouse of a movie. Well, for someone who's seen some of his old movies, I definitely think this is the most cohesive of his narratives, I want to say. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, as a guy who's never seen any of his movies, I'd like you to elaborate. Well, in general, he's just a bit like... Um, Scattershot? Yeah, even in the... Or heavy-handed mm. in this, for example. Um, so, obviously... Remember, we're non-spoiler territory for now, okay? Yeah, I don't think it's this too bad. It's mm. like all allegory for, like, online bullying and being careful what you say in comments and that kind of thing. Okay. But at certain points, it feels heavy-handed because you see the comments and it's literally like, oh, I don't like you, you smell. Fully disagree. You say stupid we're, words. We're going to have our first... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to troll you in a minute because I fully disagree with this. And I actually have a really strong uh, stance on this. 
I don't think it was heavy-handed whatsoever. I think it was painfully accurate. I teach these dickheads every day of my fucking life. <laughs> yeah, you do have the experience. That's exactly what kids are like. My God, children are monsters. They are absolute monsters. It is. It's that transparent and it's that matter of fact. They don't. There's no nuance to online bullying. There's no nuance to <laughs> shit like that. It's like you are a big dumbhead. It literally is that you're you're a big poopy face or something shit like. And these like sixteen year olds doing this shit. Um, but yeah, let, well, let's get into it. Let's get into the actual film then. Let's do a basic plot summary before we go any further. So. Suzu is a shy and socially awkward high school student who quickly, overnight more or less, becomes a global beloved superstar after entering the fantastic virtual world of you, which is, I guess, would you say like a Mark Zuckerberg wet dream? <laughs> That's what he wants me to be. Yeah. I don't see it happening. No. It is this like dream, the impossible dream world version of what I think Meta would be. But also... I don't know how you would, like, allow a social media app like you to exist. Basically, it is this, like, Hablo Hotel-esque universe. And I'm using that point of reference because I don't know what Ro <laughs> I don't know what Roblox are. Mate, I don't understand. Liam. Liam. I, whereas I remember Hablo We literally Hablo have VChat these days. What is VChat? Virtual chat. You just put the headset oh. on, you go in as an avatar, and you just talk around. Never fucking heard of it, mate. It's already a thing. Never fucking heard of it, mate. Because you're old. Is that like a kids thing? Do kids do that? Is that Not where that meme came from? Of people fucking do it. So Only anyway, ones. it's like Habbo Hotel, but instead you kind of can see everything that's going on. That this, is disgusting when you undersell what the sap is. This is where I get a bit confused with the film. And actually, the only real point of contention I have with the film is I don't really understand the logistics of how the app works. I can help you out here. Are they in the so, universe? Do they no, get as okay. far as we're concerned, for God's created this... It's like the four wise people clarify things. This, <laughs> as, but it as literally gives no more details, which means everything is magic. Okay, so that's fine. So the answer to your question is, a wizard did it. A wizard did it. So yeah. but you're right, yeah, they, they go through, and when they switch between you and the real world, it's hard to tell where the perception yeah. lies, because they're still doing actions whilst yeah. in the virtual world. Well, sometimes they're not. Sometimes there are scenes where that character's not there anymore, and they're in the virtual world. But we'll get into that later. We're going to have a bit have a bit of a spoiler talk about that, I think, a little bit later on. Um, so, yeah, we follow Suzu, who creates this avatar, Belle. She's in the universe of you. She embarks on an emotional epic quest to uncover the identity of a mysterious beast known as Dragon, uh, who is on the run from a ruthless lot of vigilantes within this universe. Um, Spoiler alert, he plays the part of Beast in this Beauty and the Beast retelling. Which I'm glad you brought up, because this is actually a tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. And it's it's, a, it's this odd cyberpunk-esque retelling of uh, the Beauty and the Beast story, which I think we know quite well from the Disney adaptation. That's probably the, the biggest point adaptation? of reference. Yeah. I know best from the original Disney movie. That, no, that's what I meant. Not, no, not the remake. No, I'm not I'm talking about that fucking Emma Watson <laughs> train wreck. I'm talking... The, you realise Beauty Angel and the Beast was Lansbury. a... tale as old as time. I know, it's Han, is it Hans Christian, that one? No, 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 no. no, no. Right. Beauty and the Beast is a weird one. It was, like, published in a French ma women's magazine back in, like, 1796 as a, uh, as a telltale... <laughs> as a, basically, a how-to guide on how to train your man from his beastly... Um, Step one, get Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, step one, leave him. Uh, no, it was literally this guide for women on how to basically uh, train a man to be less abhorrent and less beastly in a women's French, like... Um, oh my god, like I think like a seventeen Like a 17th version of OK Magazine is what, <laughs> where, cool. where it originated from. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a the most recent adaptation of the Beauty and the Beast story, which is, yeah, is a tale as old as time. However, I do think it's probably my most... 
I think it's the most successful uh, version of that because I think it 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 modernizes it in a way that it's almost it's almost a little bit ahead of its time, I think. And I think those aspects that you were talking about, the fear of technology, yeah, because it, it is it, it, the, the, the one of the main allegories is this this fear of technology. This um, when do we know when technology goes too far? But also, I think it it balances it wonderfully with this idea of technology being something that's also an extremely uplifting and extremely powerful. I think it could have landed really heavily on one side or the other. And it could have had this moment of preachiness where it's like, no, no, no technology it could have bad. Easily came off as preachy. And yet the MacGuffin, the crux of the old <laughs> the whole which you love so much. You love it when I say MacGuffin. 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 Inciting incidents that leads all these characters to this wonderful adventure. The exciting, inciting incident. The exciting, inciting incident. Is, the, is technology, and is how technology has influenced these children's lives, because technology is not going anywhere. And as a curmudgeon, as a professional curmudgeon... Um, professional. Professional. I will say that I kind of hate technology, and I do have this big personal vendetta against TikTok, which... He I, says I using despise. microphone equipment, laptops... Yeah, but this is, old so, sh- this is old school shit. We have three computers in this room. This is old school shit. But PlayStations, I think this- TVs, <laughs> you are not anti-technology. No, 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 I'm not. anti-youth. I'm anti... I'm anti... Uh, I'm anti-short attention span, is what I am, and I'm going to stand by that. I'll be the Alex Jones of this podcast, if you'd like. Vine. Gen Z has no attention span. I'm putting it out Vine. there right fucking now. What do you think about Vines? Vines, the, um, they, I mean, they were only around for a couple. I thought they were fine. You obs- no, you I was not obsessed with vines. I was not you obsessed. You used with- to flick through them and show me vines constantly, and I hated it. I, but I, now I, the kids have TikTok and they've moved. I want to a preface new, this. With, I used to show you vines of dogs, and that was pretty much exclusively. And I do. I show you. Tic- I show you TikToks of dogs and cats doing silly things because dogs and cats so are always going to be great. Um, but TikToks of people, no, no, fuck that shit. Uh, but anyway, I think it, it, it straddles this line quite nicely between um, the benefits of technology and the the, the potential risks of technology as well. Because um, it, it's very, I mean, we're going to have to talk about, we saw this in IMAX, and I do think if you're going to see it, which I would recommend, that's the way to see it. Fully. It's very colorful. It's very loud. It's very breathtaking it's staggeringly original you want well. to take it all in yeah and it doesn't completely ignore history there's a blend of animation styles mm. that works so beautifully and i actually think i think that blend of the old school and the, the the new school animation style often plays quite nicely into its theme as well of you know technology good technology bad it's not either really is it it's it is what it is. It exists within the space of... It's not typically black and white. It was more grey than anything else. Yeah. But that's why I thought the focus was more on the people rather than the actual technology. No, this is it. This is the I thing. didn't even yeah. realise that was a big theme. Well, no, but it, it, it is. I mean, the, 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 I mean, that's going to be a big theme in any cyberpunk, uh, futuristic sci-fi film. You can't really make a sci-fi film these days without having the, the underlying, the undercurrent of technology good, question mark, being present... Uh, but I do think it it cushions it with the human drama, and I think it puts more of an emphasis on the human drama, and just portraying really accurate, very lovable uh, high school students. Like again, we have a cast of characters here who are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, in no small part, thanks to its voice cast. I mean, we saw this in the original Japanese um, with the subtitles, but you can actually see it in English as well. It has uh, two. There are currently two versions out in the cinema. I mean, I always would recommend subbed over dubbed, but that's just me. Depends how good the translation is. That I don't is. actually know how it works in this one. You we found yourself seeing the Japanese one, but it was good. You found yourself pretty enamored with a few of the English songs. 
I've been hearing them on repeat on your Spotify pretty Yeah, uh, because I have to go on YouTube for the Japanese versions because I can't find them on my Spotify. Spotify is racist, apparently. I just don't know how to use it. I think Not it's that. my yeah. fault. <laughs> well, I want to give a big shout out to kind of the main two cast members. Uh, the actress who plays Suzu, Gahoa Nakamura, and the actor who plays Dragon, Takeru Sato. Both phenomenal performances. Yeah, oftentimes with voice acting, I think you you run the risk of losing a lot uh, of potential emotional brevity, but I do think both of these actors carry that really well because a lot of it rests upon their relationship and their interactions with each other. I mean, a lot of the films from, I was going to say this studio, this director, are like that where it relies heavily on the, the main characters. Yeah. Much as it is a fantastical science fiction epic, it's more about two school children who have found themselves in a grief-stricken situation. A situation... That's very harrowing, and I think quite a few of the themes delve into the realm of science fiction. Uh, I think the most prevalent and important themes actually come from a more human uh, angle, a more human place. And we deal with grief, we deal with the themes of loss and abandonment and abuse. All things that I think a lot of modern fairy tale adaptations tend to kind of overlook. It's been a while since I've seen something this grounded, especially right in modern terms. There's a lot of themes about real-world situations, but I don't feel like they're hitting as hard as they used to. What, in even this? back in No, not in this. This oh. is an exception. But oh, okay. even back in the day, things like Saved by the Bell. <laughs> you'd God, have Jesus your, Christ, you serious? You'd have your drugs PSA episode. Are you fucking and, serious? You're bringing, so you, you were comparing Bell to Saved... Oh! Oh! Saved by the... Bell! <laughs> I also want to take a minute to break the fourth wall again and uh, reenact a scene from Saved by the Bell. Four minutes. Not a full minute, just as long as it takes, because I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So excited. I'm, I'm so scared. <laughs> Nothing will ever hit as hard as the coffee addiction pills scene in Saved by the Bell. But yeah, man, they used to do this in kids' shows all the time where they'd sneak, like, not even sneak by, they'd do, like, hard-hitting message and deal with real themes. On a very, on a very special episode. Like, look usually, at Tracy yeah. Beaker with, like, the kids all live in the care home. Constantly abandoned and let down by adults. And it, I feel like it doesn't happen as much in modern fairy tales and things. Tends to lean on the happier. That might be because we're living in a darker time and they just want to bring nothing but joy. But having these issues tackled, I think, really adds a lot to the movie in terms of points. I don't want to bring any critique your way. <laughs> I don't. No, no, no. I see this is the thing. Like, you've been talking and I have been listening, but also I've just been singing the Tracy Speaker theme song in my head. No matter what may come my way, <laughs> believe me now, I will win someday. I never knew how that ended. Did, how did, did she win? So she, they had that movie and um, they went to find a mom and the mom was a stunt double. She is an actress. But she wanted nothing to do with Tracy, basically. She's like, oh, so happy to see you, darling. So happy you're here. Did she live with And she was like, face? you stick around while we do the after party. And her mum fucked off, but Cam was there for her. I was about to say, Cam. Cam's always there for her. Cam was always there for her. No, you are right, though. You are, like, what I... I mean, that's an interesting comparison to compare it to, like, old... Not sitcoms, are they? They're all the old uh, Saturday morning cartoon era of our childhood. But I think a more accurate comparison for me would be to compare it to Ghibli. Like, that's what I think I'm getting from films like Your Name and from Weathering With You, to a lesser extent, Weathering With You. Um, but this, again, I'm getting a lot of Ghibli. I'm getting a lot of really mature themes in a very bright, very hyperactive, very exciting package, which 
you know what? If if Miyazaki's not going to do it, if he's going to retire for the sixth time, someone's going <laughs> someone's going to take over the mantle. I'm perfectly fine for this Maramusu Hosada to do it if he wants to do it. If he's up for it and he's going to take over the mantle, I mean, even the end the, when when the film ended. Let's let's talk about like the the credits roll. And no one no one got up. Like no one stood up. And it was this moment of I mean, we're not waiting around for an after the credit scene. We're not this isn't a Marvel movie. Personally I stayed because she started singing again. But it was this powerful it was this powerful moment where everyone was kind of just needed a minute to collect themselves. And I I really appreciate that a film could make me feel that. And I think at the minute, this is the high standard for twenty twenty for me. This is like every film has to kind of live up to that moment. Yeah, easily as best that he's made so far and the best I've seen this year. Uh, but let's kind of round up what we thought before we get <laughs> okay. into the spoilers. So I'm scared to bring critique against this movie because it's kind of just going to bite my head off. Oh, no, I will. But there are, while it does deal with mature themes and it is quite adult in a lot of those senses, I also feel like it hits some of the stereotypic tropes of making the characters really jumpy and kind of random. The boys are extremely stoic and they don't ever speak, or if they do, it's just like a, hey... Sup. Is that like manic Talk to me? Manic pixie dream boy kind of aesthetic. But then they also have where the girl's always red faced or she jumps up and starts running around the house like a Scooby Doo character. It's animated. It's it's hyper it's, it's hyper stylized. It's hyper stylized. And I don't love that as a general anime trope. You know I don't love that though, so why am I I'm disagreeing with everything everything you're saying. I found those endearing. I found those because those mo- I know exactly the moments you're talking about, and I found them hysterical. It's, there's one and again, no spoilers yet, but there's one scene in a train uh, station that does that hyper anime, that hyper stylized scene, and we were both. But that's fine, though. That's laughing. different. That is different. Okay. I'm thinking okay. more of a scene like um, she has a conversation with her dad, mm. and he says something about dinner, and then she's like, nothing, no, and slams the door, and then starts running away when she runs like a whole body leans forward, and the legs start See, almost I, doing the road runner thing. No, I can forgive that, because I think that's just a product of the culture, personally, and I can forgive that, and I don't think it was ever a detriment to the story. I think they were ever... If, I don't if, think it was a detriment. I think they were minor and moments, I still and I think, think that's a nitpick at best. I still think the main characters being Suzu and the dragon, still absolutely fantastic, and carry this movie, mm. especially when they're inside the world of you. Yeah. But outside of it, it doesn't bother me. I still had a lot of fun. I still enjoyed the characters and it didn't put me off. Mm. But there are certain points where those scenes or actions or animation styles happened where I was a bit like, oh, I don't like I don't like these. Okay. As a trope. Okay. So- but no major detriment to the movie. Everything else around it was still great and it didn't do enough to pull me out of the movie for it to be a major concern of mine. Okay, that's that's entirely yeah, that's entirely your uh, you're allowed to have that opinion. Um <laughs> you wanna give it a rating? If you were gonna give this app, would you give it a five stars on the uh, on the app store? Five stars, yee! I was He's trying to go trying like, to be like chibi girl. Um, I, I mean, I, <laughs> no, you can give it. How, how many would you give it? If you had to give it a score out of ten, um, oh, out of ten, I will not accept anything lower than ten. <laughs> I'd say nine and a half. That's lower than ten. 9.8 somewhere around that area we haven't even touched on how good the music was oh shit man and right. we barely even talked about how hyper colorful it was or the blend of old school and new school animation and yeah. when they used it so inside of you it was very new school it yes was digitized yeah. a lot i think a lot um, of 3d animation going on there as well a lot of 3d animation and the colors were just so bright bold absolutely stunning yeah it's a lot of a lot of bold reds and a lot of uh gold those kind of like really uh, power vibrant colors, power, yeah. power colors that's the one 
And outside, it was not muted by any sense of the word, but the school uniforms were like white and black. It was realistic. It was realistic. It was grass. But the backgrounds had this modern animation style that wasn't 3D. It was still two-dimensional. But mm. Everything felt a lot more alive and real, where the characters felt something like from an early Ghibli movie, what? where it's a lot simpler and the faces don't have as many details. The boys are quite like stick like in the arms and legs and I thought that blend worked really well I compared it to the amazing world of Gumball but I mean in that sense of their 2D like paper characters Mm. on like a 3D animated background see maybe it's because I never watched Gumball I didn't really get that reference Gumball start with oh is it Gumball is it Gumball do not have a clue what you're on so think like South Park characters on a hyper realized no I didn't really see that like I I, I see the hyper realized background but I also didn't really see the characters as that papery I think there were were, again there were times of those those hyper stylized moments they were animated but Mm. do you remember that classic animation style where the boys would have that kind of weird shape no no I get you I, I, I entirely understand what you're saying but I also didn't think that was there was that much of a difference between the uh, the backgrounds and the foregrounds. Personally, maybe oh, that's just me. I th- yeah, I think it was because you mentioned thing. this as we came out, and I fully didn't even recognize it. I clocked it, it straight away. No, it I felt like they were blending two different styles. I would compare it closer. You're right to like kind of modern Ghibli. Um, I don't think I always have this high standard as far as animation goes as like what my peak is, and it's not, and nothing has ever quite reached the level of something like Princess Kaguya, which I think is the most gorgeously animated film of all time, and I think it always will be. Well, that's, that's hard, though, because that is watercolour. That's its yeah. own thing. No, 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 you're right, but I think that's like a personal preference. That's, if you're going to do an animated film, that's that's what I... That's the it's high like, benchmark. It's like comparing a Van Gogh with a No, Picasso. no, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, visually, this is, again, what we said, we, we kind of mentioned it before when we said, if you're going to see this film in the, in the cinema, see it in IMAX, because it's kind of the only way you can see it with and, and get the full experience. The sound mixing and the animation, I think, blend so seamlessly together in, in service of the story, because you do have these really, really colorful moments, these really extremely well choreographed musical numbers throughout that you almost kind of forget at points because they're, they're quite sparse, but you are kind of watching part musical as well. Another critique, sorry. Oh, God I, I want to say critique. I need you to stop it. I'm air quoting critique. My favourite song of the entire movie was the actually op- uh, the actual opening song. Why is that a critique? And there are some fantastic songs throughout, but like my, I peaked at the very start. I, I was like, this is I, my I, I call sh- I call, I call bullshit right fucking now because the scene at the end... Uh, I mean, you, again, we can't really get into it without spoiler territory, but that's... that's a gorgeous the, song, gorgeous scene, gorgeous animation. I cried. And I will be listening to it a lot, and it is powerful. I cried. But the first song was my absolute uh, favourite. I think it's and fine. It like Shakira doing um, like a fast-paced no, song. This is just a personal preference again. I think that's... You are, you're kind of over-hyping this first song. I think it's fine, but I, always, I also wouldn't probably even rate yeah, it Yeah, like something beaty, fast... Uh, Whereas I think a lot pounding. of the songs go for this high emotional brevity rather than kind of what you might expect from a lot of kind of upbeat anime uh, BTS, I was thinking BTS, but I think that's Korean, isn't it? I think I'm missing. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying. I'm struggling to think of J-pop artists. And they're a boy band. No, I know, but they're so popular at the minute. That's all I can think about as far as what the kids like. Well, I think of something more like um, Yutari Karu. She does oh, yeah. the Kingdom Hearts music. Yeah, no, I know that reference. You, you, yeah, you've introduced, <laughs> you've introduced us. I've heard, I've heard that one specific song, and I, I cannot fucking name it. The one that's like a river runs through There's or something. Simple. Or... Simbling Clean. No, Simbling Clean, Simbling Clean, Simbling Clean. That was Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah. She's done a lot, but like her, she has a great... I could have swore that was Final Fantasy 7. She has some fantastic albums, and Final Fantasy is part of Kingdom Hearts. 
Anywho, but with Donald Duck. She, she, yes, with Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse and Goofy. You can say that and it doesn't make it any less ridiculous. But I feel like Belle has the same kind of range in terms of music style where you have the ballads and you hit the highest of highs mm. and that energy and songs that belong in parades and mm. want to get you in the street bopping along. But then you have these absolute heartbreaking low points where the song touches your soul and you feel completely transported. Take umbrage. I know you didn't mean it like that, but the um, I take umbrage with the word low points. I think I get what you mean. It's it's low tempo. Oh no, I mean emotions. You feel like you feel the happiest high, and you feel the saddest lows, mm. and the emotions. No matter where you are on that roller coaster, hit just as hard. There, uh, there's one scene in particular, and I do want to get to spoiler territory just quickly. <laughs> Block your ears. No, no. So <laughs> I'm going to do my. I'm going to quickly do my review, and then we're going to talk about it. So I, I I do. I think this is the high standard for me at, at this point of the year. I know. It's only the end of January, start of February. Um, this is the high point of cinema for me in 2022. I think everything else I'm going to see after this has to kind of live up to this expectation because what I witnessed was something not only deftly original, not only incredibly moving and powerful, and ju- just I mean, you, you can you can look at it from every angle, and I can shower it with nothing but praise: the direction, the dialogue, the acting. The animation, the, the soundtrack. Side I can't. This is, they're hilarious moments. That even with these side characters, and everyone feels well realized, and everyone feels well rounded and realistic and relatable. And I think, regardless of who you are, we haven't even mentioned how fucking hilarious her sidekick is. Her like best friend throughout the whole thing. <laughs> she's like almost oh got this like God, Aubrey Plaza terrifying. energy. Terrifying. Yeah, she's got this Aubrey Plaza serial killer vibe to her. But like, add super genius computer hacker yeah. on top of that. And, <laughs> That's and, a dangerous recipe. And, and you're right, she's like maybe she's like maybe in it for about like thirty percent of the film really. She's like very she's not that integral to the plot. And yet but she's kind like of wonderful. You hit points where she's mirroring the main character's yeah, personality. Susie, yeah. So Suzu has these anxieties and when she's trying to overcome them and people are encouraging her. She has been with Suzu so long. She feels Suzu's pain. She's like, no, you can't. It's too much. You'll not be able to bear it. Mm. It's too stressful. And I thought yeah, it was a she... really good, like, well, well, this is it. in depth for a character. Not everybody was all on board being like, you can do it, Suzu. Well, you had a mixed personality bag. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Sorry, personality bag? A bag of personalities. Um, well, that's the thing. Even the comic relief, even in what your standard stereotypical movie would be the comic relief, are very realized characters and they are well-rounded and they have depth to them and they have... I mean, you even have the um, the potential uh, jealousy... Uh, what's what's the word when you... you, you oh, a... so they set up another girl to be a potential jealousy love threat. They almost have to be a foil, don't they? Like she's she she's almost portrayed as she could be a villain uh, and someone who kind of actively works against our protagonist. And who knows, maybe she will, maybe she won't. We'll Let's let talk about that in spoilers. spoilers. I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. I think this is a flawless fucking movie and I can't actually look at any aspect of this and say I hated that or even I dislike that. There this is a rare case where I walked out and I think every single aspect of this film hit so perfectly for me that I can't give it anything less than a 10 out of 10. And I don't care what people say. People are always like, "Oh, why are you getting it a 10 out of 10? Nothing's a perfect movie." Fuck you. I can give it what I want. <laughs> and this is a 10 out of 10. This gave me a, this gave me all the feels. This gave me so many emotions. I was crying, I was laughing. 
I think that's a big one. When a movie can make you cry, laugh, and sing, and just feel every every aspect of the human spectrum of emotions, I think you can't really give it anything less than a perfect score. No, and there was a la- another lady there who was having a blast. I heard her audibly gasp at one point. It I don't know if you heard beautiful. it, but it was like one. It touched me. There was one thing that happened, and I literally looked over and she went. <gasps> it was like, cl- was like clasping my pearls moment, where she basically like touched her chest as if like. <laughs> think of the children. Um, I want the hugger. Yeah, no, it was fucking wonderful. Um, let's do a little bit of spoiler territory talk. So if you haven't seen Bell, go see Bell. Go That's see all it. I can fucking rare, say. rare turn of events. I've really loved the movie, but I'm not going to score as high as Liam. 10 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Uh, spoiler, there's more stuff in spoiler territory I'm not going to say here, but there's more reasons I'm dropping We've got to hurry the show because we're already well overdue. Well Who's over- fault's that? Not yours. Exactly. <laughs> let's do spoilers. I get to talk as much as I want. Best scene in the film. Her riding that fucking whale at the end and all of the lights. First of all, her killing and dis- oh, yeah. disconnecting. Like it wasn't her. It was the fucking, whale. 50, 100 fucking users. It just splashes up through the cloud. Like a million people are just disconnected immediately from their God, you don't get to enjoy this concert. But I think that may be the greatest scene in cinema that I've seen in the, like, the last two or three years. Well, like It just fine, it blew me the still, fuck away. While we're still here on the point, the oh, reason my. I'm giving it nine as well oh. now we're in spoiler territory is at the end, you have no idea what happens to the kids. And you're saying that as a bad thing because... Because in my head now, she's done exactly what everybody else did. And he even makes a point of going through and saying, what, help, 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 you're going to help, you're going to come over and help me, you're going to talk to my so dad, you've had you a talk with my dad, he understands now. But you see at the end, she goes over and he's like, I'm so happy you came, I can't believe you actually did. And then she leaves what again. What would you do? How would you end it? How would you How would you have that scene end? Because I think, again, it leaves things Shoot open. Shoot the dad in the head. <laughs> okay, well, I guess then everything's wrapped up in a nice, neat little package then. <laughs> it would have been. No, I think something like, um, I don't know, have her continuing a friendship with them or something or messaging them when she gets back or Bearing having mind, this CPS is, pull up to the this house. This is already like a two-hour-plus movie and we needed to go home at some point. Or even even if, well, that's it as well. I think the movie could have been longer. And obviously you haven't seen other films, but he has, I don't want to say a problem, but there's a lot that he wants to get through all of the time. Right, okay, I don't know if he okay. always has enough time to I will do it. I will, I will partly agree with you but on this. But here, at yeah, the end, sorry. hear me out. No. How about she's talking to the dad. The dad freaks out because he's like, oh, shit, someone knows they're not backing down. And I choose mm. to believe that's why he freaked out and fell on the floor. Because there's now a witness who isn't going to back down and will go to the police. The internet. So I like to think that she, like, threatened him. Or say anything ever happens again, anything happens to these boys. But like in my head, it's just as easy that she's abandoned them like everyone else did. Went back to her hometown, which requires a train, it's a different side of the country, and just left them there again. I think she didn't even choose to take anyone with her when she went to see them. It was a violent man. I think you're looking too far into um, stereotypical standards of Western cinema and how Western, because I think that a lot of, I do think a lot of the, the films I've seen from Asian cinema do have that level of open-endedness and have that level of, I think allowing their audience to infer enough. But and how I mean, am I giving, to infer though? What is there to infer? Well, I mean, the, 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 most, the, mo- no, the most logical course of action is she contacts the police. She shows them the fact that she's just been slapped to shit. She has three witnesses, well, two witnesses plus her. She goes to the police. The kids get taken into fucking child protective surgery. Surgery. <laughs> surgery. <laughs> child uh, yes. protective. What's it called? Surgery. Yeah. No, 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 it's not. And I can't remember the word now. Services? Services. 
They they t- they get taken into the Japanese Why version. That dictionary you were just eating of child protective services, and they um, <laughs> you can do kumudjin, but you can't do services. no. But this is it, and this is it. And then she probably does maintain a connection with him, and she probably does maintain probably a relationship does. with him. And I think I think it's it, it recognizes that its audience is going to be smart enough to be able to infer those without giving. Again, we didn't. This isn't the Hobbit, but we don't need six endings that explain every single aspect of what these characters did. Well, I don't need six fact. endings, but I feel like I could have done with not even a full act, but like a more extended final act where she's actually nah, with nah, these nah, two nah, characters nah. that she spent so much of the film with to actually go and meet but the scene with but that's not where the, if that's where the we'll end agree of, disagree if that's where the end of the movie it wouldn't be as I would rather it ended there and then or give me an extended scene where she was at least talking to the kids or something or shared some experience I don't think that was long enough in terms of that aspect that we've been building the film up to. Well, I have to agree or disagree on that one, my friend. But um, still, solid nine of a movie. You could do a lot worse than two hours watching a, a deftly original, beautiful art house Japanese. I'm just saying words now. <laughs> you could do a lot worse. Fashion, it's pose, face, face, art. Art. Um, no, honestly, it's like 8.30 here. I've had like the longest fucking day of my life. I'm just going to, you know what, I'm going to go off tangent. Screw you. I'm, I'm I gonna, like every day is the longest day I'm of gonna, your life. I'm going to, I'm going to. Oh, I'm so first world. I can afford a personal trainer. I'm going to feel myself I don't now. have time to do my podcast and my personal training. This is the thing. This is the thing. And I think this is a form of online bullying. And if you're listening This is to real this, world bullying. Try and stop me. I just want everyone to watch this movie. Yeah, please. And I just want you guys to appreciate the level of artistry on display here. I've and said before, I've said it again, if we want art like this to continue to thrive and exist, we all need to contribute and go and see and support these artists. That's the thing. I mean, we, the, the only way we're going to get more of these across the waters uh, in Western cinemas is if you go see them now. Um, I mean, that's kind of why... I mean, Studio Ghibli's not making films anymore. Miyazaki's coming back in some form or the other. Um, but this hit a mainstream cinema, like it had our Cineworld, which yeah, is a big one. It wasn't very full, let's be honest. There was maybe about like... It wasn't, especially 20, considering it was there. the IMAX screen, which yeah. is really sad. Yeah, it, made it, it dwarfed it. Everyone looked so much smaller because we were in such a big movie screen. We were all clumped up together as well. It was very cute. Um, I want to recommend the fuck out of this. I want you to go see it. I want you to tell me what you thought about it. Yeah, Unless man. you have any other points, I think there's like, we kind of covered most things. There's not really much I want to spoil on this. If you don't go in and think that first song absolutely slaps, you are the wrong kind of person for me, and I don't mm. think we could ever be friends. I'm just a bit upset that you thought it was the best one. I do think it's last. No, no, I said it's my favorite. I don't think it's the best. That power ballad at the end is definitely the best, but it absolutely slaps. It's like a party in my mouth, and everyone's horny. You realize you don't, um, you don't hear things through your mouth from last last time I checked. You don't hear things in your mouth. That's how good it was. I could taste, taste music. the music, taste the rainbow. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for oh, listening to our, our... I'm tired, and I'm re- if you can't tell, I'm like super emotionally tired right super now. Super emotional, because you've been watching too many anime movies, um, but we loved having you here. We really Yeah, you hope, know what, you do the outro, I'm going to go to bed. We really hope you go watch this movie. It's a fantastic little masterpiece. It's a great way to start this year, and you will not be disappointed with dropping, what, like the £10 to go see it, depending on where you live, what country you're in. But, I mean... Go back, watch the litany of his catalogue, and you'll see that this is the best, and hopefully it just gets better from here. I will make my dreams come true. Believe me now, I will win someday. I can't remember what the second line is, and I was trying, I was struggling. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode of Bad Taste Birds Fresh Meat. Uh, yeah, 
both me and Ryan clearly adore the movie. Give us a uh, like and a follow on Instagram and Twitter, and you will be hearing from us very shortly. Hopefully, we'll have our very first <laughs> real episodes. Sorry, I know that sounds quite threatening. <laughs> you will. You'll be like hearing. So you'll be hearing from us. You will be hearing from our lawyers very shortly. Um, but yeah, we are dropping our first main episode in February, so hopefully we'll be able to get the guys together very shortly. Uh, oh, it's already February. Shit, we need to get on that, don't we? Um, <laughs> love you lots, guys. We will see you soon. Take care of yourselves. Until the next big feature. Bye. Stay bad. Bye.